everyone, and welcome to the Grain by Train podcast for Grain Week 40, where we discuss how rail service performance is impacting the movement and export of Western Canadian grain. I'm Greg Northey from Pulse Canada, and I'm joined by Milt Proye of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. Good to see you today, Milt. Hi, Greg. How are you? Pretty good. So... Today's podcast, I think we'll obviously do a quick review of week 40, but we'll also do a little bit of a follow-up on our discussion last week uh, around KCS, uh, Kansas City Southern Railway, and we'll also touch a little bit on the overall demand picture that we're seeing that's influencing some of the, the reports that we're, we've seen in the past few weeks. But let's start with the week 40 review, Milt. Uh, anything uh, in the reports that uh, caught your eye? Railways seem to be doing uh, very well at the moment. True. And I guess that's the thing that I would say caught my eye. Um, after after the performance that we saw for much of the year, things have really turned a corner here in the last six weeks, let's say. Um, and week 40 was just, you know, uh, further proof that the performance equation has, in fact, gone to a different level here recently. So good performance, again, from both railways in week 40. Um, you know, CP is about as close to perfect as you can be at 99%, CN at 92%. But what's really telling, I think, now is we're not talking about, you know, CP having a good week, CN having a, a bad week, or vice versa. We're consistently seeing, you know, good order fulfillment performance from both railways in the same weeks. So we now, at the end of week 40, have had both CN and CP uh, meeting more than 90% of uh, shipper demand on time for five straight weeks. I mean, we haven't seen that this grain year, and you have to go a long ways back into the prior grain year to see that kind of a five-week run. So, you know, that's a good thing, no question about it. There's a lot of factors that are at play that's making that happen, but, but ultimately the, that kind of performance is good. At the provincial level, um, you know, much the same. And you would expect that, you know, when they're that good at a system level, you would think that that would translate down into smaller geographic regions. And it does for the most part. CN took a little bit of a step back in Manitoba this week for some reason. Uh, they seem to have difficulty in supplying cars to the Thunder Bay corridor. Unfortunately, that was, you know, about 80 plus percent of the demand from shippers, which is not unusual at this time of year because the Port of Thunder Bay is open and and Manitoba is like, you know, the primary sourcing location for traffic going to that port. So at 71%, CN was a little disappointing, but they were really, really good everywhere else. Um, you know, both railways, apart from that one anomaly in Manitoba, 98% or better right across the board. So pretty good. Yeah, very good. And a nice uh, confidence boost as we go into the new the new crop year and planting starts. Um one of the things you mentioned around what's influencing this and what we're seeing is, is a real steady decline in demand. Um, and you can say about, about that trend, uh, pretty standard for this time of year. Is it, it different? Um, well, we've seen, and we've talked about in, in prior weeks briefly about the demand picture changing, you know, when we started this conversation, maybe a month ago, we were asking ourselves, is this year going to look like last year or is this year going to look like, you know, the traditional historical spring dip through the summer in anticipation of the next crop year. And early on, things were looking a lot like they did last year, which we know was, you know, kind of an anomaly because volume stayed 
pretty high right through spring and summer. So there was never really that, that seasonal dip that we're used to. That's changed now though, I think. And every, every week that goes by, we, we see, you know, affirmation or confirmation that, that demands, uh, demand is in fact declining. Um, interesting though, that it's, it's largely focused on CN. When you look at CP's volumes, they're, they're not a lot different than they were last year. So, uh, whereas CN has really uh, dropped off quite significantly um, over the last three to four weeks, but a trend that started, you know, quite honestly, uh, late February, early March. Um, just to give you a case in point or something to, to reference, system demand, uh, over the, if we look over the last three weeks, system demand is down about 17% a week on average. So that takes us up to week 42. Um, but when you break that down by railway, CN's numbers are down 41%. CP is actually up 5%. So, you know, that's, that's a very different story for the two railways, which to me speaks to the issue of grain supply. Um, and it might just be a, f- a function of geography. You know, there's more grain available in the south where CP's network is focused versus what's available in the north where CN's network is focused. And lastly, as a, as a case in point, you know, Prince Rupert, which normally would have anywhere from 1,000 to 1,500 cars online every day, um, today there are none. And when I none, say none, I mean zero. So, and, and they've known that this was coming, but I don't think anybody thought it was going to come this quickly. So whether or not there are, you know, there's orders placed for the port in the coming weeks, we do know that in week 42, which is this week as we speak in real time, there was only 100 confirmed orders by CN to go to Prince Rupert. So, you know, that's pretty much nothing. Yeah, that's uh, significant. And so for Prince Rupert particularly, is that something we would see most years, a, a drop, like a drop like that, whether to zero or to 100 or whatever in this time of year? No, I mean, it tends to go down like everything else tends to go down. Uh, I mean, we've seen demand to the port uh, drop uh, to these kinds of levels, if you will. Um, usually when they're doing a, an annual maintenance turnaround or a maintenance uh, process at the terminal, that's not the case right now. Although <laughs> if there's no traffic, it may, it may prompt them to do that. Um, so no, for me, this is, this is pretty unusual and, it, and it's, uh, it's way deeper a drop than than I think you would normally expect to see. Okay, thanks, Bill. That's uh, pretty interesting. Something to, to continue to keep our eye on, I think. Uh, so last week we had a longer discussion on the KCS uh, potential merger with CN or CP. Uh, we had some news late last week on this around uh, CN in particular, um, essentially um, KCS accepting CN's offer and, and turning away from CP. Um, any thoughts on that to, to sort of wrap up that interesting little uh, postscript on our discussion? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, um, uh, another chapter in the, in the merger story, if you will, as you say, CN came around again for the second time and uh, threw more money in the pot. Uh, part of that money was actually uh, reported to be uh, coverage of the KCS break fee um, uh, which totaled something like $700 million if KCS chose to walk away from their agreement with CP, 
which they seemingly have because they've come out publicly and now have said they're on board with CN's offer, um, which is interesting. Um, I don't think this is the end of the story, not by a long shot. These things tend to take a lot of twists and turns uh, over time. We have not yet heard uh, from CP. Uh, you know, once um, KCS made it known that they were going to drop their uh, agreement with CP and pick up with CN, um, CP basically had five days to uh, come back with another offer if they so chose. I think that five-day window is coming up today or tomorrow. Although Keith Creel, uh, CEO of CP, has been fairly clear, at least in his public comments, that you know this is not about us offering more money and trying to outbid CN. They do believe that their offer or their proposal is the better one. They believe it's better from a competitive perspective. They believe it's better from a service perspective. Um, and I guess I would leave you with the thought that uh, two willing partners and a lot of money will not necessarily influence the STB. The STB is going to take a pretty structured approach to this, I would expect. Competition, duplication of networks uh, are going to be key considerations. And as we talked about last week, you know, when you look at it at a high level down on those factors, CP appears to have the proposal with the greatest chance of success, regulatory success. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Yeah, we'll be interesting. And we'll see if uh, CP does come back or not with a, with a, another offer. But okay, Mill, well, thanks a lot. Really appreciate uh, your time as always. And uh, for those interested in looking at the Ag Transport Coalition reports, you can check out the website, agtransportcoalition.com. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. <music>